0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Um, welcome, 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 welcome. Here we go, here we go. We got a fun one for you today. It's Text the Show Thursday, gang. Text the Show Thursday. Hope you're all doing okay. Those of you on the West Coast, you're experiencing some of the most gnarliest weather we've seen in a very, very, very long time. So I hope everybody's okay. We're going to get going here in a couple seconds because we're waiting for a few more people to log on. Um, Big announcement tomorrow. Big, big show. Paul Hebert, super excited to have Paul on the show. If you don't know the show, Wicked Tuna. Paul is uh, the wicked pissa, and he is going to be joining us tomorrow. He's given me an hour of his time. It's going to be absolutely spectacular. I'm fired up about it. The great Paul, he, he is a pretty funny guy, and uh, he's got a pretty amazing story. So make sure you set your watches in uh, Pacific Coast Standard Time tomorrow, 12 o'clock the great Paul Hubert will be with us. It's going to be pretty spectacular. We'll talk about it throughout the show. We will talk about it more and more. We're already getting a few messages coming in. I don't have my beautiful assistant today. She's getting ready for us to come up to Orange County for the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival on the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th of March. So she's out getting ready over at the mall, getting all the stuff ready so she can come up and be the best Kelly girl she could possibly be at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival. Don't forget, if you want Kelly girl to give you free stuff, you got to show up wearing one of our shirts, just like the one you see back there behind me. Show up to the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival wearing one of our shirts. Marley, come on out. Marley's right there. He just got done eating a bunch of mango. He should be wild, round, wound up and ready to run around today. But gang, text the show, 949-374-0786. I'll read your uh, questions if they're cool on the show today, and I'll do my very best to answer them. But um, what we want to start the show off talking about today is that 30 by 30. The 30 by 30 is coming down the pipe, and CCA is asking me to talk to all of you about it if you don't know what it is. Go to cca.org, check out the CCA site. There's a video up about it. Also, uh, I can talk about it a little bit. They want to close 30% of the lakes and streams in in California, and they want to get, a, they're saying, 18 or 16 more percent of the ocean on top of the MLPs. They just want to, hey, there he is. There's little Marley. Just came out of his cage to check you out so this 30 by 30 is something we all need to jump on jim buchanan wow there you go guest celebrity appearance we all need to get involved there this thing is going to shut down fishing in california it is absolutely it's worse than the rockfish closures it's worse than anything else it is very very scary what they got planned the 30 by 30 do yourself a favor. Do me a favor. Do everybody a favor. Get involved with CCA. It's the only voice we have out there fighting. Wayne and his, and Chris over there at CCA, they're out there fighting that fight every day for us. We all need to be involved and it's not free to fight this. So make sure you become a member like myself. I'm a lifetime member, but just become a member. Help us out. And let's all get involved. And I will talk about it more and more. And as the meetings come up, and as we have a chance to talk about it, I will share everything I have about it. Marley, get over here! Come on, come on, Mar. Here you go. Here you go, Marley. He loves to eat out of this. We put a little bit of green beans in there, and he'll grab them out of there. And he loves to eat those. But gang, okay. we got one of our one of our uh, members, John Stanley. We've changed what John and his wife do. They go fishing all the time. And uh, they love, hey, James Bond, they love to fish the artificial reefs because there's so many fish there. Right now we have a massive storm. My game plans for this weekend are stay at home. Too much unstable weather, too much unstable water, too much going on out there. I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't even go hoop netting right now because it's just so gnarly. It blew 30 knots all day in the harbor yesterday in San Diego. But John wanted to know about the artificial reefs and the shipwrecks here in San Diego, the chum bucket. Do you want to cut up the pieces of bait into little pieces or more like a mashed up soup? The thing is, like we talked about it on the uh, Zoom meeting the other night, that food processing machine, if you can get one or you can sneak the one out of your house that your significant other won't see you sneaking out, That is the best way to chop up that squid, sardines, mackerel, bonita, any type of food, any type of fish that you have. You put it through that food processor. It turns it into like a a mush, if you will, or like, like a pulp. And then let that ooze out of the bucket. It's not about feeding the fish. It's about increasing the prey density level in the water so that they have the feeling... So what happens is when they're oozing out of the chum bucket, all the little jacks meld and mackerel and everything to come up behind your boat in the chum line in that ch- chum slick that's coming out of your chum bucket. And then here comes Mr. Calico Bass, his buddy Mr. Sand Bass, White Sea Bass, Yellowtail. They all start cruising around back there because of all the food that's out there behind the boat. And all that does is it increases the prey density level in the water, which flips a switch in the fish's head. And even if they weren't hungry, they're going to come in there and they're going to start eating because you never know when your next meal's coming. But one thing you have to remember, John, you know this better than anybody, but anybody else that's thinking about fishing the artificial reefs, it's all about current. And the artificial reef system was set up only for us. The only reason they built all these artificial reefs is so we have places to go fishing at. And if it's up to 30 by 30, they're going to end all that. They don't want you to go outside. If you have a suntan like me, they are really pissed at you because they know you went outside. And if they find out you went outside, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure you can't go outside. And the taxes are going to go up so high and they're going to close the areas. And if you still still have a suntan, they'll just shut it all down and they won't want you to go fishing at all. But these artificial reefs, it's super important to make sure that you gather as many of these rock piles as you can and put them in your GPS or put them into your notepad or whatever so that when you go out there and you don't find current at the first rock pile, you can move over to another rock pile and you can start to find out where the current's flowing. Because those fish on those artificial reefs or the fish on the shipwrecks, they don't bite if there's no current. You need some current. You can catch some little tiny rockfish, maybe some smaller sheephead. But as soon as that current starts to flow, then you have a really, really good chance of catching some fish with your chum bucket going. So here's something I just got asked this question. Of all my mentors in life, what's the best advice I received in five words or less? This is... I. This is, this is what I've lived off of my whole life. And we were just talking about this a little while ago. And don't forget to send in your, your uh, text messages to the show. You're going to win a t-shirt today. We're going to give away a t-shirt to one lucky texter. This is what I learned back when I was young. My dad told me this. If you're not early, you're late. And that goes along with every single thing in life. That goes along with fishing, your job, your life, your spouse, your children, everything. If you're not early, you're late. Period. That's the best advice I can say I've ever gotten. Because, man, when I grew up working on the boats, if you were late, the job was gone. We were taught at a very young age to be early to everything you do. Everything. Now, my dad took it to a whole different extreme. I tell this story about... The, I got to go to Super Bowl 7, 1973, at the L.A. Coliseum. The only undefeated team in the history of the NFL, the Miami Dolphins. I got to go to that game, but we were three and a half hours early. I got to see the halftime show rehearsal and then I got to see the halftime show and you won't even believe those of you that are young you won't even believe this name and those of you that are old as I am you'll be blown away if you can imagine the halftime show was Paul Williams (laughs) crazy huh absolutely crazy no you don't even know the, the name of that person so We're not getting any messages. We're not getting any questions. So I'm just going to babble on for a little bit longer about these closures. Gang, I think it's super important for all of us to get united on these closures because we've we've sat back and we've tried it their way. And we've tried to be quiet and just let it happen. I think it's going to be important this time on this closure to make sure. And if we all... Get united. Get with the commercial guys. They're not the enemy no matter what everybody wants to tell you. The commercial guys are going to help us to win this fight. We all need to get together because fishing is such an important part of bonding for families, low income, high income. It doesn't matter. Everybody that fishes has that common bond, which is so important. And it doesn't matter what level you come in at it at we all are the same once we get out on the water i don't care who has the most money once you get out there on the water we're all the same i think we all need to work together in this to for the one common goal to keep stuff open so we can keep fishing gang. because they want to make sure that it won't let you send stars that's not good mike lewis i don't like that They don't want us to fish. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. It has nothing to do with fish populations because like I've told you on my shows a million times, not even you, Pete Grossbeck, not even you can affect the population of the fish in the ocean with the fishing pole. Not even you. So here's a good question. No name. So I can't give you the prize because you didn't leave your name, 702. But what's the game plan for Catalina for the rest of the hooping season? All right. Here we go. I'm going to let you in on this little secret. We're going to post it here. Gang, if they actually really thought about this lobster thing, the powers that be, this is the best time of the year to catch lobsters because they're in the spawning mode. All the lobsters are all balled up in little groups right now. So, and they're in the shallow water. They all move into the shallow water this type of year to spawn. So this, from now until the end of the season, is the very, very best time to lobster fish. And it's going to be in shallow water. I always like to fish shallow water regardless because of the fact that it makes it more fun. When I go lobster fishing, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to put it, on a winch and have it just pull it up, when I go lobster fishing, I want to pull the hoop net by hand. That's why I love fishing shallow. And if you look at our game plans or if you look at our fish reports over on the community section at our website at yoursaltwaterguide.com, you'll see that our members have done very, very well this year fishing shallow. Probably not as good as you guys that have been fishing deep, and I'm sure there's a lot of you that are way better at it than I am or way better at it than my uh, my folks are, my members. But they're consistently catching nice lobsters in 25 to 35 feet of water year in and year out. That's what I did. That's how I made my living doing it. So that's what I would suggest. That would be the best game plan coming into the end of the season is fishing shallow, Okay. Fishing shallow. Thank you, Larry Hanson. All right. We got one from Jason here. Let's see what you wrote. What are the creature comfort things that I would take with me on a long-range trip? Number one is my pillow. I have to have my pillow. It has to, for my neck, for everything, everywhere I go, I have to have my pillow. It's super important to have that pillow so you get good sleep, especially when you're on a long-range trip because there's going to be so many times where you're traveling where you can get your sleep because when you get to where you're going, it's going to be time to catch. And you don't want to, when the boat is anchored up somewhere, that's not time to sleep. That's time to fish, get to know what's going on, rigging, stuff like that. So you want to make sure you get good sleep on the Travel days and stuff like that. And your pillow will make the biggest difference in the world. I don't go anywhere without my pillow. And I'm telling you, that'll help you tremendously, Jason. John, you're asking about Opsin Floral Carbon Leader and what brand braid do you recommend? Okay. When I'm fishing with, and I all my reels are filled to the rim with braid. They're all filled to the rim with braid. And then I use a very small little piece of floral carbon. But what kind of braid? Well, I've had several different sponsors in my time out there on the water. Right now, I do not have a braid sponsor. So I'm not going to say. What I'm going to tell you is almost all the braid is created equal. There are some that are a little bit better than most. But most of them are created equal. And it costs so much that I'm going to look at. I don't have a need to use the hollow braid where if you're a long-range fisherman or, and you're going big yellowfin tuna fishing and you need that, that hollow to put the leader in so that it's a better connection. When you put the leader in, it's like a Chinese finger puzzle. Once you stub that monofilament leader inside the braid, it's a total different deal. That's why hollow is important. As far as casting goes, it's really hard to cast that hollow. It's not as easy to cast as the, the straight braided line, but I'm going to go with what is the least expensive for me right now. Cause the fact that money, money is tight, fuel's starting to go up and braided line is almost all created equal. There are a few braid braided lines that stand above the rest, but, um, Right now, I'm going to go with whichever one is the least expensive to fill my reels up, and I'm going to keep my reels filled to the rim with braided line because of the one reason. Braided line doesn't hold memory, and braided line will last for years, where monofilament, when it comes off your reel, it's going to look like a spring already after you apply it, and then you have to replace it especially if you're going to go after any type of trophy fish that braid that monofilament line when it comes off your reels looking like a spring that's no bueno it's going to have a lot of weak spots in it when it's doing that so you want to make sure that I was just looking for Marley. I don't know where he went. You want to make sure that your line doesn't have any memory in it and you can make sure that it works to the best of its ability to keep its strength. So that's what I would say. We got a couple more 30 by 30 initiative for Biden administration is not going to only affect fishing and waterways, but also land where we grow food. We have to get this entire administration out. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We're not going to talk about that. Sorry. Okay. Here we go. We got a question. We got a question from Angel. You have an older 50 and a 32-speed pen Internationals on rollers. How should I set them up for trolling our local waters? That's a great question. When you're going to use them just for trolling, I'm going to fill them up with monofilament because you want that little bit of stretch when the fish bites. So I'm going to fill them up for the 50. I'm going to fill that up with a 100-pound braid. Then I'm going to put a top shot of 100 yards of monofilament on there and I'm probably going to put 80 pound mono on there and then for the 30 I'm going to fill that up with 100 pound braid also but then the top shot's going to be 60 pound mono just because oh, sometimes you want that little bit lighter line if but uh that's when I'm tying straight my tuna feathers for yellowfin tuna or albacore which could very well happen this year because we have a very cold water season so that could happen angel you just don't know. I'm just reading a question right now to see if I should talk about it. So just give me a second. Get out of here. Okay. What is my go-to absolute have to have for a overnight two or three day trip? Well, listen. This bluefin, if it's going to keep being here, we'll see after this unbelievable amount of wind and rain and runoff and cold water, we'll see what's left. But if this bluefin's still here like it has been the last seven years, you're going to want a, a heavy rod. You're going to want 100, 100, something somewhere, 100, 150, 160-pound braided line with a piece of, Top shot of mono, maybe 100 pound, 120 pound for your flat falls. Then you're going to want to have a bait, couple of bait sticks, maybe a 40 pound and a 60 pound bait stick for that bluefin. And then if you're, if that's not what's happening and we start getting into just albacore, if that happened, I would bring one trolling rod rigged up the way I said, with 100-pound braid and 80-pound monofilament. And then I would have a couple of bait sticks, a 25-pound rod and a 40-pound rod because you're going to have to finesse that albacore sometimes. You're going to have to go to the lighter line. But it's it's hard to say what would be the go-to setup because we're not really sure what we're going to be fishing for this year. But that's what I would suggest right now, knowing what I know about right now. And then, uh, hey, Grandma Fish, how are you? Okay, so, what is this? Do you have your reels blueprinted or bulletproofed as they are? No, I just, I'm using Akuma uh, products. I'm using the uh, Makaira series for my trolling rods and for my kite rod and for my flat fall. I'm using the Makaira. When I'm fishing the kite, I'm using my 130. When I'm fishing the uh, flat falls and stuff, I'm using my 30s or my 50s. And then when I'm uh, fly and baits and stuff like that, I'm using the Tesoro series or uh, the Android Andro series. I'm just switching it up all the time, depending on what fish we're fishing for and what size. But, like, there's Marley. But like I just went up to Lopez Mateo and fished all last week for grouper. I was using my jig rod, my my nine-foot jig rod with a 65-pound braid and a piece of 100-pound fluorocarbon fishing grouper in 30 feet of water because it was what they were eating and it worked just perfect. Marley's right here, gang. He's right next to the computer checking you out. It would be funny if he came around the corner. Gang, we got a few more Questions? No, nobody's got any more questions. Oh yeah, wait a minute, we might have had one. What are your thoughts on slow pitch jigging? I had some fun rock fishing. It's a a very unique way to fish, Jason. It's a very unique way to fish that rod that they use for that uh, slow pitch jigging is an unbelievable rod because it bends from the tip to the butt. It's a whole different thing than what I grew up doing. I like to fish the meat stick I don't like a lot of bend in it when I'm winding up my rockfish from down deep. But it looks like a lot of fun. The guys that are doing it, it's a lot of fun. A lot of, uh, a lot of work, by the way. It looks like a lot of work. It looks like I'm not banning you. Don't worry. I know. I know what we need to do, but we can't talk about that because we'll lose half our audience. Half the audience thinks that they're doing a great job. And half the audience thinks they're not. I'm not going to ban anybody. I'm just letting you know. I got to stay away from those kinds of topics. But that slow pitch jig, if you haven't seen it, you can go watch some videos. But they, fishing rockfish in in three or 400 feet of water. These guys are having a blast fishing a smaller jig and jerking that thing up and down. And then when they get bit, that rod bends from the tip to the butt. It looks... For the people that are doing it, it looks like they're having fun. For me personally, that's not my deal. I'm not ever going to do it. I'm sorry. I'm just not. My time on the planet's only limited. I'm only going to fish the way I like to fish. I can't change. I'm an old man. I can't change. I know what I like and I'm into what I like. And I can't do that slow pitch jigging. That doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't mean it's wrong. That just means I'm not going to do it. That's all. And it might be a really fun thing to do. And I hope you really have a good time doing it. But me personally, looks like way too much work. Way too much work. I'm too lazy. I'm too fat. I'm too old. Way too much work. And then the bend of the rod, I don't know. I like my long rod with just that first five or six inches of the rod bending. That's what I like. I can't only tell you what I like. But... um. This 30 by 30 thing, a lot of people are talking about it. I'm getting a lot of messages about it. You absolutely know. We all know. We all know that it's not a good thing. We all know it's a bad thing. We all can see what's going on in the great state of California. We can all see exactly where it's headed. And it's not a good thing to close fishing down because it's such a cool thing. Look at Just go up and down California and look at the piers and the break walls. Let's stay away from the when they say, oh, the rich people out there on their yachts. Hey, let's look at the people fishing on the breakwall, surf fishing, all the pier fishermen. All that's going to go away too. Or let's go a step further. Let's go look at the, let's go look at mammoth. Let's go look at mammoth from trouts, the opening day of trout season. How many people are up there and how many people have first fished their children have caught have been at one of the mammoth trout ponds at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show or the Bard Hall shows. You got their first fish there, then they go up to Mammoth or they go up to Big Bear or they go up to somewhere in the Sierras and go trout fishing. That's all going to go away. That's sad because that's so easy access. It doesn't matter what level of income you're on. Everybody enjoys fishing when they get out there and they actually do it. They do. If you have a chance, unless you got a bad taste in your mouth when you went fishing once, because the person that took you didn't know what they were doing. Other than that, if you go with someone like myself, I promise you, you'll be into it. But this whole 30-30 thing is very, very scary, very, very sad. Okay, we have another question here. We have another question here. Hang in there. Is live mackerel the best way to target lane cod? And is is there something else just as effective? A lot of times when I was up in Morro Bay or up in uh, Port Avalon, when I used to go fishing with my good buddy Greg Cruz up there, we used to uh, use the small dart jigs, if you will, the 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 uh, live deception jigs from Promart, something like that. It looked like that. And what we would do is we'd drop them down to the bottom and we would yo-yo them. And if you've ever seen yo-yo fishing, it's not jerking the rod up and down. I don't know what that is, but that's not yo-yo fishing. Yo-yo fishing is letting your jig hit the bottom, put it in gear, wind four or five cranks real fast, and then drop it back down. And what I saw the link cod doing then was they reacted to that little fish swimming through the water super fast because they thought some other fish was trying to get it, and they're, they're super aggressive, and they would jump right on it. We were doing well doing that. But now down here in Southern California or out on the lower nine or the upper nine that you can fish, I found that live mackerel seems to be the very best. That jig fishing doesn't seem to be as productive as fishing with the live mackerel. That seems to be my favorite. But if you're going to use a jig, you want to use it in the most yo-yo the jig way. It really, really works good. Putting it in gear, winding three or four cranks real fast and dropping it back to the bottom. A lot of times... When you wind it three or four cranks, as you drop it back to the bottom, that link cod will eat it when it's sinking back down, or he'll eat it when you're cranking. So you got to be ready all the time. And if he eats it when it's sinking, there's a good chance he's going to get you in the rock, and you'll never know that it was a link cod. You'll think you just hooked the rock because you weren't being in contact with your lure. It's always important to keep contact with your lure whenever you're fishing, no matter what. Say, What protected areas do you miss the most? Oh, my God, Sean. That is a great question. Gang, I've been blessed. I've gotten to fish in a lot of really cool places. I can't say I've fished all over the world. I'm not Pete Grosbeck. I'm not Steve Lasley. I haven't got to fish in all those really spectacular. But the places that I have got to fish, there is nowhere on the planet like Laguna Beach, California. The beautiful coves, the rock structures, the kelp beds, from Abalone Point, which is just south of Newport, to Thousand Steps, which is just north of Salt Creek. That area right there is probably one of the most beautiful places on, no, it is one of the most beautiful places on the planet Earth for both scenery and fishing. And that was all taken away from us. And I'm going to give you a little background real quick since we're here and we're open and we're open book talking. Laguna Beach, we lost that for no apparent reason except for the fact that the residents of Laguna are so strong in their unity. Here's how it went down if you didn't know, if you weren't a part of these MLP meetings. This is how it went down I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm telling you the exact way it went down. We were all in these meetings and we were all talking and the maps were out there and they were saying they're going to close this area. They're going to close that area. Laguna Beach was that area off of Aliso was not supposed to be touched in an MLP because it has the, the sewer pipe running through there. Yep. And so they weren't supposed to touch that. But let's just say, let's use the name. Jim Buchanan has a house off of Abalone Point, Point. And Mike Lewis has a house off of uh, Main Beach Laguna. And Dave Hanson has a house off of, off of uh, Ben Brown's Aliso Creek right there. When this closure thing went down, they were saying, okay, we're going to close that area in front of Jim Buchanan's house. We're going to close the area in front of Mike Lewis's house. We're going to leave the area in front of Dave's house open. They panicked in Laguna and they said, no, 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 no. You can't do that. If you're going to leave that area in front of Dave's house open, but you're going to close the area in front of Jim's house, Jim's property value is going to go up and Dave's property value is going to go down because nobody wants to stand in their house and look at a stinky old fishing boat. I'm not even lying to you. This is what it was. This is what. What happened at the meetings? And the city, uh, the Fish and Wildlife said, well, we, 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 we can't close all that area. We don't have the resources. It's not on the map. We can't do it. Here's what the city of Laguna Beach got put through for no reason at all, except that they were able to do this. They said, well, we'll enforce it ourselves. And the powers to be said, you will? And they said, yeah, we will. And they said, All right. And they closed the whole city. Yeah, they did. It goes all the way up to the north end of Newport. I mean, the north end of Dana Point is where it starts. And it's closed to the south end of Newport Beach. The whole city of Laguna got closed because the city did that. The city rallied and put the funds together and they have an escrow fund that that they use to enforce that. And if you don't believe me, go down there to Laguna Beach. Don't put any line on your reels. Put them on your rods. Put them in your rod holders and go park in front of Main Beach Laguna. Not today, but when it gets nice and calm. Don't have anything on them. That way you're not breaking the law. You can have the rod in the rod holder. But just put the rods in the rod holder and park and anchor up at Main Beach Laguna. And watch how fast you're going to get a lifeguard coming out to you on a paddleboard. You're going to get a resident coming out to you on a paddleboard. You're going to get all these people. And then the next thing you know, the fish and wildlife will be out there. Because the city of Laguna Beach is enforcing this. And it's sad because there was no reason to close this area. So I'm sorry, I'm just letting you know because I was there at all the meetings with my pops and a lot of other people and it was really sad what happened. So why do sailboaters love to buzz sport Well, listen, here's the deal. Sailboats, when you're out on a sailboat, and I'm sorry, I'm just gonna be honest, when you're out on a sailboat, after the initial f- first part of the trip, it's very, very boring. It is super boring. So what they do is they they need to have some excitement. So what they do is they start aiming for boats that are anchored. Oh, no. They Oh, yes, they do, gang. I've been out doing this for 48 years for a living. And you're going to tell me that's not the deal. Baloney. It's absolutely the deal. These sailboaters are bored stiff because sailing is so flip and boring. So then they start focusing on the boats that are anchored up and they want to see how close they can get. And they don't have any, they don't know that you're fishing. They don't really know. They know you're anchored up and they love to just buzz you. They love to buzz us on the big sport boats. They love to buzz us on the yachts. They love to buzz us on the on the center consoles. It's just, I believe in my heart, it's because sailing is so boring that they need to make it exciting by aiming for boats that are on the anchor. That's what I believe in my heart. And I probably hurt your feelings, but it's what I believe. Okay, There's, here's a guy, Brian from Coronas, asks me a question. Can I talk about braid, floral, and mono? What, what? Okay, here's what I, braided line is phenomenal to have your reels pulled to the top because all the fishing reels, the gear ratio is set up for the reel to be full. So that's why I'm going to make sure my reel is full to the rim with braided line. Then I'm going to use a top shot. Now, normally when I'm fishing live bait, I just use a very small piece, 12, 18 inches long. And I'm going to use a piece of fluorocarbon. Because fluorocarbon is actually invisible to the fish when you tie it to your hook and then you throw your bait in the water, it doesn't have a tendency to reflect the light like monofilament does, so it's gonna give you a much better chance of tricking the fish into eating your bait. Monofilament worked very, very well for me for a very long time, but that was before floral, before I got to love fluorocarbon. There's never a time where I'm out fishing where I go, damn, I probably would've caught more if I wasn't using that invisible piece of fluorocarbon. That never comes across. There's times where I go, dang, that guy next to me caught all those fish using floral and I didn't have a piece. I'm not putting on a 30-foot long piece of floral, though. I don't, I believe in my heart that the fish aren't cartoon fish. I think the fish, this is your bait, your piece of floral carbon's coming off the tip, and then up from the 12, 18 inches is a piece of braid that it's tied to. I don't think the fish come flying up there, look at your bait, Look at the fluorocarbon, then look 12 inches up the line and see the braid. I think they're reacting to the bait. And if they don't see the line coming off of the nose of the bait or off the back or off the gill, they're going to eat it. And that's what fluorocarbon does is it gives you the, the invisibility to allow you to have the chance to get that bite. So that's why I'm using braid and floral. And I'm not using mono so much anymore. I, I I have some mono that I use when I trout fish because I like to use two pounds. So I fill my reel up with two pound monofilament. But most of the time I'm using braided floral. And that's why. That, hopefully I explain that to you the way I do it. So what do people like you do about the 30 by 30, Matt? Okay, if you're a member of CCA, you need to stay active Watch the newsletters. Watch Chris and and Wayne are very, very good at putting out information about upcoming meetings. If you're not a member of CCA, become a member of CCA. It's the only voice we have. It's the only voice we have, and it's important to have a voice. We got to have a voice at the table. It's super important to have a voice at the table. So get involved with CCA would be the number one thing. And then stay involved in the process, everybody. Don't get lazy. Don't, like I said before with the rock fishing, don't sit on the sidelines and suck your thumb and hope that the rest of us do something about it. Be involved. When the meetings come, make the phone call. When the meetings come that we're allowed to attend, attend the meetings. Try to be there. Try to be proactive because I will do my very best to post as much as I possibly can about all this stuff on social media. Remember, it's a different world we're living in today. Social media elects the president of the United States of America nowadays. So it's important to stay involved social media-wise. I don't care if you don't like Facebook or you don't like Insta or you don't like YouTube. Everybody else does. And the one thing I want to put out there real quick for all of you to understand, I don't know why you're afraid of Facebook. It's real simple. If there's stuff coming up on Facebook that you don't like, block them. But Facebook is the largest social media platform in the world. They elected the president of the United States. They're going to have a lot to do with this 30 by 30. It's going to be important to stay connected. I know there's people that, oh, I don't like Facebook. Well, you're on Instagram. And if you didn't know, the same guy that owns Instagram owns Facebook. I didn't know that. Well, I'm trying to help you. But Facebook's the largest social media platform in the world, and it's going to help to be involved, those of you that are wondering. Okay, here's another question from Angel. Another question, how do you size the hook to the size of the bait? This is a very good one, Angel, and we talk about it a lot on our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. The thing is, you're going to want to have several different sizes of hooks in your tackle bag or your tackle box. When you're going out fishing, you're going to want to have some six-odd hooks, some four-odd hooks, some number two, number ones, some one odds, some 2 odds, and some number fours. And it's, you're going to have all these different size hooks in your box. And then as nobody really knows what's going to happen until we get to the bait barge, unless you're going artificial reef fishing like John Stanley, and then you know you're going to fish light line, small hook, number 4 or number 6 hook, very small sliding sinker and a strip of squid. But if you're going out on a party boat or you're going out on your boat to go offshore fishing or going to the islands, you really don't know what size hook to use till you get to the bait barge. That's where everything's going to be determined. That's why I tell everybody in our shows all the time, you want to make sure that and a lot of you are going to go, oh, I, I, I'm I, guilty of this. If you have your fishing poles rigged up already or if you're so lazy you didn't cut the hooks off and take the sinkers off and your lures off on your trip in last time you went out, shame on you. Your knots are going to be all messed up. Your hooks are going to be all rusty because they're set. Remember, you don't use nickel plated hooks anymore because you watch me all the time and you know nickel plated hooks catch fishermen and not fish. You don't want to use a nickel plated hook. You want to use a bronze or a black hook cuz you want that hook to be invisible when it hits the water. So you don't want those start to disintegrate right when they hit the water that if you take a salt a bronze or a black hook, put it in salt water and then put it on the counter and watch in a few days, it's gonna be so rusty. If you have it tied to your line still, that's ridiculous. You don't wanna put anything on your line till you see what the bait looks like. It's super important. And that's how you determine what size hook. My app is not going to have fishing regulations in it. No, because I talked with the fish and wildlife before and that creates a huge liability And the way they change the laws all the time, I would spend my whole time. There's so, if you got the book on the regulations, it's unbelievable the amount of regulations for fishing in Southern California. If I was to put that on the app, it would be absolutely, it would take up the whole app, it would take up everything. The thing is, You got to get the, when you sign your fishing license, you're telling the Fish and Wildlife that you read the regulations. The regulations change all the time. The regulations are totally different right now than they were last year at this time. They're totally different. If you went and looked and compared the two bucks together, you'd be blown away. That's why, and also when I talked to the Fish and Wildlife and I asked them if they would help me with this, they said, no, because it's creating two, much of a liability issue for you, Dave, as a saltwater guide, you don't want to get involved in that. That is their world, and I don't want to get involved in their world, and I don't want them involved in my world. So we'll leave the regulations thing alone. That's a great question, Matt, but it's just too much liability, and I don't want, I don't want to have it say that today you can catch a 22-inch cod, and on September 16th, they change it and say it's a 24-inch cod. And I've got so busy and I didn't change it. And then the next thing you know, you're at court. You're saying, well, it says right here on Dave's app. I don't need that. You don't need that. We don't need that. So that's why I won't have anything about the regulations on my app. Okay. We've been uh, hanging out here for 45 minutes. Listen, there's a lot of people, the big audience today. And I thank you all. But listen, tomorrow is going to be insane. We got Paul Hebert. If you've never seen Paul speak, if you don't know Paul's story from Wicked Tuna, it's going to be fun. You're going to get to hear the inside story. We're going to take it like I do with every one of my interviews. We're going to take it down to the very beginning of time when Paul got introduced to fishing and he's fourth generation fisherman, commercial fisherman, fourth generation. So he's going to have some phenomenal stories to tell you. It's going to be insane. If you've never gotten to know the real Paul Heber, it's not that persona you see on Yeah, he's he's a fun guy and he laughs and he has a good time. But remember that's a TV show. They write in a lot of drama. Paul is a super kind human being. He's one of he's one of my favorite humans on the planet. He's a very very kind human. He's not what they portray him to be on that show and he's very intelligent. So I think you're going to have a very good time listening to him. And uh As we move along here, I will keep you all informed on what's going on by the 30 by 30. But please don't miss the show tomorrow. It's going to be insane. It'll be up on our website tomorrow after the show also. Tomorrow at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Paul's going to be running straight from the Coast Guard office to jump in front of the computer and be on the show with us. And he says he'll be in front of it ready to go by 1145 and we'll go live at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I hope to see you all tomorrow. I will answer that you're very welcome. And we try to do this text the show every Tuesday, or excuse me, every Wednesday and Thursday. And we'll keep it going as long as you keep asking questions. And then, I, oh, Kelly's not here today. Okay. Darn it. Silly me. John Stanley, you asked some phenomenal questions. You're getting a free shirt at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. Thank you very much, everybody. Yeah, the DFG changes the regulations daily. I can't get involved in that. All right, gang, thank you very much for always being there for us. Marley and I appreciate it. I don't know why the stars aren't working, Mike Lewis, but there's little Marley right there in the corner. He is such the cool little monkey. I am so happy to have a monkey and a beautiful wife, and three cats, and a great life, and it's all because of all of you, so thank you very, very much, I don't take any of this for granted, and I'll be here for you tomorrow with the great Paul Hebert, thank you very much.